This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, no Jim Toth uh, today. He is off uh, flying solo here. I'm down at Hockey for All Center. Of course, uh, Winnipeg Jets development camp uh, is ongoing. The on-ice session has wrapped up for today. It's going to return again tomorrow for a final day uh, at uh, starting at around 10 a.m. Uh, so there was tons of people here again today. Uh, really, really uh, excited, uh, energetic crowd uh, looking to get a ca- uh, get a catch a glimpse of some of the young, energetic, and, and exciting players um, on the ice. Uh, so things will be wrapping up tomorrow. Uh, the players are uh, in the middle of uh, other sessions besides on ice as they learn how to take care of themselves, cook themselves food, <laughs> learn about health and all that. Uh, Rutger McGordy is going to be joining me after 1245 uh, here in the lobby. Looking forward to that conversation uh, as we go on. Of course, Winnipeg Blue Bomber game coming up to, uh, today on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is going to get going at 530. We kick off at 730. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers against the Calgary Stampeders at IG Field. And joining me here in the lobby, face-to-face, uh, Mitchell Clinton, Jets reporter, uh, with us here, uh, of course, taking in the, the sights and the sounds and all the excitement. Hey, Mitchell, how are you doing? Doing well. I was just thinking this might be the first time we've been face-to-face in doing this. Yeah. Like, all these, this oh, this whole time it's been either over the yeah. phone or however it may be, so this is a treat. This yeah, is awesome. Yeah, absolutely, because it I mean, like, I'm awkwardly meeting everybody because of the pandemic year, and then things were kind of evening out, and I'm kind of sort of finding my, my feet here in, on this show, and I'm kind of meeting people for the first time. Yeah. So it's great to it's great to formally meet you and, 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 and all that. So I guess we're three days in here, three days worth of, of, of on-ice sessions, I should say. Uh, I guess sort of impressions mm-hmm. uh, on, 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 this, on this team and uh, I guess the potential. That's what it is. It's a potential. It's a lot of potential. Yeah. But um, the people I'm t- I was talking to here today, I mean, there's lots of excitement. Yeah, and why wouldn't there be? And I think it's a lot of it is just kind of a lot of the personality that we've been able to see, and it's kind of been infectious. Um, yeah, and you know, I mean, you go into the room for uh, media availabilities and whatnot, and uh, I mean, it's it seems to be every player is really feeling it. And I think you mentioned the the pandemic. I mean, this is the first development camp I've been able to have since yeah. 2019, and I and I really do think they make a big difference. You know, Jimmy Roy and and Mike Keen do such a such a really good job with it. And I mean, obviously they've got, you know, other things that they do off ice as well. And they're a big part of the weekend, but I mean, just being able to get out and see these guys has always been the big thing for me. Like the story that I've kind of told some people that I've been talking to around the rink is, and why I love development camp so much is, you know, the, the year that we drafted Nikolai Ehlers mm-hmm. in 2014, you know, all you, all you heard was he's fast. He's fast. Like, you know, yeah. it's unbelievable. And, you know, that's that's great to hear, but it's a whole other thing to come here and, you know, especially at a place like Hockey for All Center, and you're able yeah. to see it from up close just how quick or just how hard someone shoots the puck. And for, for me, watching Nikolai Ehlers in 2014 in July, I was just, it, it was mind-blowing, honestly, yeah. to, to watch. And then, so you get a really good sense of that. And then at the same time, it's also July and these guys are in the <laughs> middle of training and, you know, there's, yeah. you know, they're not used to being on the ice. So, uh, you know, yeah, they would all probably say they're a little bit rusty, but at the same time, you get a really good sense of um, either how far these, these players have come or uh, it's like, oh, that guy's bigger than I thought he was or that guy's, oh, he's a little bit shorter, but man, he really seems to be able to, to handle himself out there. So it's, it's a great week. Yeah. I mean, it's, and you know, that, that 
evaluation is sort of on the back burner here, but mm-hmm. you know that there's a level of competition. I mean, you get these guys out there, just like you said, they're getting a feel for the puck. They haven't been on the ice for uh, perhaps a few weeks, especially if they recently just got drafted. I mean, yeah. it's a it's it's a wild whirlwind as they find their way over here. Uh, I mean, just from the 28th, I mean, amazingly, these guys were just drafted. But there's still that level of competition there. I mean, everybody wants to drive each other. And, you know, one thing that I've noticed um, in this group, uh, and, and you're starting to see sort of, the next generation of, of Winnipeg Jets mm-hmm. started to starting to emerge here. Uh, leadership is something that I'm 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 really taking away. Guys that aren't afraid to be themselves at such a young age, which I think might be a little rare. I'm not sure we've seen that so much uh, within the Winnipeg Jets over the last little bit. And I mean, you you have someone coming on the show that's very much not yeah. afraid to to you know show his personality and what a personality it is in, in Rucker McGordy. I mean, yeah. infectious smile. Like pretty much, he's one of those guys that can never take a bad photo. I think it was How I Met Your I Mother and Barney Stinson was the exact same way. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, like he just seems like, you know, as someone that, that has a lot of personality to yeah. him. Uh, he and uh, first-round pick from this year, Colby Barlow, are getting along super well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, keep an eye on Jets' Instagram. They're answering your fan questions. Uh, I think that's going to be up in the next little while. So, uh, And just hearing the hearing the back and forth between them over the first few days here, uh, yeah. that's, it's just really cool to see. And you got – players that I think are just a lot more comfortable being themselves mm-hmm. and I, I just think overall in the game itself that's kind of the direction it seems to be yeah you it, know? Does. it seems that way yeah yeah Definitely. so the younger players come in they're uh I mean they, they're also players that are growing up in and around this social media type of world that you know they're able to you know show uh their personalities a little bit too so yeah. we're seeing a lot of that this week I mean first day I remember uh McGrody got a one-timer off and it just went under the bar of course makes the makes the sound and you know all you hear is him selling he let out a big uh let out a big woo and with a fist pump and I mean it's July 4th but hey why not it was awesome well yeah exactly I mean the 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 I mean I, it's it's got to the point Mitchell I'm getting old Oh, I know. Like I'm seeing these kids out there, and the days of the of the kids born in the '90s getting drafted, uh, those mm-hmm. days are now. They've been gone for maybe longer than I would like to admit. Yeah, but yeah. it's 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 like I remember watching the Jets when they first came back, and I was the age of the guys getting drafted, or very close, a little bit older. But we were coming yeah. from a very similar sort of age group. You know what I mean? Two or three years, four years removed, or something like that. But these kids, they. <laughs> They were born after the year 2000. I mean, some of these yeah. guys, I mean, uh, I mean, they're drafted at 8, 2004, 2005. It's yeah. a very different world. And you know what? We're, we're, we're really seeing that 100%. Yeah, and it's I can't remember who it was yesterday or the day before doing uh, during media that said something about, yeah, you know, when I was in high school a couple of years ago and I almost fell over because <laughs> high school for me, I graduated in 2006. So you're thinking, oh, man, this is this is really not not looking very good. But I will say uh, Kobe Barlow did uh, did make me feel a lot better today because he said one of his he was listening off some favorite movies and stuff, and he yeah. said old school, which is one that I remember from from way back when. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you know, we're we're good, we're good. Yeah, no, Jim Toth, uh, co-host of the show. I mean, I, I think I have to hear him quote that movie every <laughs> single day, about twelve times. Absolutely, you know, you're my boy, Blue, yeah, and all the other stuff. Hundred percent. I don't know. That's a great. That's a great one. But, uh, um, you know, what do you see a difference between some of these guys that are sort of coming up through the NCAA? Some through major junior, some through Europe. I mean, there's such a, I mean, more than ever, Mitchell, there's a more diverse way of getting into Mm -hmm. the National Hockey League. And all these, like NCAA, I mean, mean, 
years ago, it was like the best way to get through was, was through Major Junior. But you've seen so much more guys, top-level guys, go through NCAA. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of these guys coming through Europe, I mean, they come through a totally different path. I mean, they're playing up against adults when they're 18, which, right. I mean, it's not, which does happen here, but not mm-hmm. to the extent that it does in Europe. Yeah, it's interesting just to watch. I, I Some of the things that I like to watch, and of course, there's always the caveat, it's July. But, uh, yeah. you know, someone that I... That, tends to uh, catch my eye as as we go kind of throughout this week are guys like Elias Salmonson and uh, yeah. and Tyrell Bauer. So so Salmonson had, had a really good season last year in in Sweden. Now he had to had some injury problems, but um, he was able to come back for for the postseason. Mm-hmm. And he was part of the Schleftia team that went all the way to the final. They they ended up losing that. Thanks for but, saying the name too, because I would know. I I was hoping you were going to say. <laughs> I'm hoping it's right. Like my, my Swedish is off clearly, yeah, and that it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, I asked him about that yesterday. I said, you know, what yeah. what does that type of run do for you, especially at like a pro level over there? And and he said it was it was huge because you're playing at such a high level of hockey, and and one for him, you know, as a guy who was just drafted last year. You know, to get that exposure and to play at that level, he just said it it helped his game reach an entirely different level. So that's you know covering the the Europe side you mm-hmm. talk about, and then of course, yeah, you have your your college guys. I mean, Kyle Connor is probably your your best example of yeah. someone that you know he only had the one year with with Michigan, but put up numbers that I think players are still chasing. Yeah. Uh, I I always think with with the NCAA, yeah, you don't maybe don't you don't have the the cram schedule that. Uh, on the ice, anyways, that mm-hmm. that you do at major junior, but yeah, you're playing against guys that are that are going to be a little bit older. So you yeah. you are having to learn how to win those puck battles along the boards, no matter what your stature, and that's something that can translate in a number of levels. And then yeah, then you got guys, you know, especially even someone like Brad Lambert who's here this week that had a, a, just a wild season. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they were doing some three on three today, and it, Lambert was out there using all that open ice, and it just reminded me of. Uh, some games he played for the Manitoba Moose early in the season, the preseason game he played with the Winnipeg Jets where he was getting people out of their seats and then obviously goes to the Memorial Cup. They win a WHL title in Seattle. So he kind of got a taste of all three. So I'm sure there's a number of aspects of, of the game that he picked up from, you know, whether it was, you know, being a pro at the at the AHL level uh, or even just the, the scheduling that, that comes with playing Major Junior and the travel involved with that. So I'm sure they're they're all picking different spots. It's hard to pick pick out differences in in players at this time uh, of the season, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of lessons that get learned no matter what league that you're in. 100. percent I mean, and, and we got to take a break here, but I mean, looking at Chaz Lucius, he's at the University of Minnesota as a Golden Gopher. Comes in, you know, gets into into Jets camp, plays for the Moose, mm-hmm. and then goes out to Portland. Of course, he gets gets some injury problems, but he's he's seen <laughs> he's pretty much seen it all. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Mitchell Clinton, uh, Jets reporter, uh, joining. Thanks, Mitchell. Thanks so much. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Again, it's uh, it's July 7th, I think, still, so we're still a ways away from the start of the National Hockey League season, but it's great to have uh, some great stuff to talk about in terms of uh, hockey in the Winnipeg Jets. Absolutely. All right, Mitchell Clinton, thank you so much. Let's take a break. On the other side, uh, yeah, the Saskatchewan and Edmonton game in the CFL yesterday, well, first of all, it was dull until it wasn't. And uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit. Rutger McGroarty is going to be joining me at 1245. Looking forward to that conversation. Uh, 2022 first round pick for the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, yeah, lots else to get to. I was able to chat with some of the, uh, the show's listeners. That was great. Talked to Neil, talked to Craig. And uh, Bob came up to me and he, he asked me this question. And I want to pose it to you guys too. So lots to get to still here on Jets at Noon.
Jets at Noon on 680-CJOB. Uh, welcome back to Jets at Noon. Again, Rutger McCourty is going to be joining me at 1245. Uh, also get to some of the questions I, I got from you guys. Hey, text the show 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Uh, love to chat with you guys as I'm flying solo here at Hockey for All Center. Uh, Elks game yesterday, I guess. I guess Elks Riders game. Um, that horrible gaffe. Uh, the Edmonton Elks at 0-5 for the first time since 1965. Now, if you don't know what happened, um, right after Riders quarterback Trevor Harris engineered a late game-tying touchdown drive, which included a two-point conversion to not up the game at a uh, snooze fest of 11-11, uh, uh, it was difficult to watch past the first half. Uh, this happened. Uh, C.J. Sims, the kick returner, mistakenly chose to give up a single point, the game-winning point, with just over a minute remaining on a rouge instead of taking the ball out of the end zone on the kickoff. Now, Trevor Cornelius, quarterback for the Elks. The Elks still had a chance to win this game. They could get into field goal range and win. He tossed interception, sealing the, will f- the, the win for Saskatchewan, 12-11. Uh, to uh, Riders now 3-1 and one in the standings, but... It was a dull game until it wasn't, um, and I have to feel for Sims as a kick returner there. I can't, but I can't help but point uh, to the Elks coaching staff for not having him properly prepared for that moment. It doesn't matter if it's one game, two game, three game. Talk with him about what's going to happen. I mean, assuming that the player who's a rookie in the CFL is going to know what to do exactly in that moment, time and time again, when the pressure's on in a game, that's bad coaching. you got to be there for your players. Uh, anyways, bomber game, 5.30, kickoff at 7.30 right here, pregame at 5.30 right here on 680-CJOB. We'll right, be right back, your guys' text messages and more right after this. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Anybody home? There's nobody over here. Where the heck are you? Skyler, where are you? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. You You were supposed to be down here with me. (laughs) Trust me, I would love to. to. Down at Hockey for All Center. I I sent like three emails. Did did you get none of them? I think they're marked as spam for you. (laughs) Is is that where all mine end up, (laughs) eh? Yours must get filtered out. I've been waiting. I was going (laughs) to say. Jeez, I was wondering where that coffee was. I asked you weeks ago to bring me in a coffee. It's going to be very, very cool. And it's like, you weren't even like. (laughs) <laughs> you weren't even talking back. He's just like, is he just going to ignore me? Jeez, Between that and when I put my headphones on in the newsroom when you walked by. Yeah. Not much communication. Uh, I know. I don't want to say anything. I mean, you bring it up. Try to even just say hi to you in the morning. It's just bam, sit down, headphones on. Locked Jeez. in. Anyways, thanks, Skyler. Thanks, Skyler. Uh, 204 uh, Cam Poitras down here at Hockey for All Center. A development camp uh, on ice is over for today. Uh, it's going to be back tomorrow. If you're going to get here early around 9.30, you're not going to miss any of it. Uh, I've had uh, three or four people come up to me now that, that have showed up a little bit late and say asking me uh, if the development camp is over for today. It is, if you're thinking about coming uh, coming down here, but it's going to be uh, back tomorrow for Saturday morning. Uh, so if you have missed it and you want to come out and check some of these players out, uh, really, really exciting stuff, um, make sure you, you're heading down here. Also got to say hi to a couple guys. Uh, Neil came by and said hi, listener of the show. Um, and he just sent me a text. Hi, Cam. Nice to talk to you again. Enjoy your show with Jim. Guess he was doing his hair all day. LOL. Well, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know if anybody else knows this. Maybe I'm 
giving away a little bit too much information, but Jim has, um, the, we have two monitors at work. And one monitor, you can use them both, and one program on the other, an email and the other, whatever. Jim took this one monitor out. Instead of having two monitors, he just has a mirror. So he can just stare at himself, comb his hair. Um, it's, it's something else. I mean, I, I don't know. I just roll my eyes. I just go, that's just Jim. Jimbo, that's just how he is. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. You, you probably have some thoughts about that. I definitely do, too, as well. Uh, Craig came by and said, hi, hey, Craig. Thanks for that. Uh, also talked to Sam. That was pretty cool. Uh, thanks a lot, guys, for stopping by and saying hi. And uh, Bob came up to me, and Bob asked me this question. Um, and we, we were got to talking about the situation, the summer, all the stuff that's happened so far with the Winnipeg Jets, uh, Blake Wheeler and, and, and his buyout and his subsequently signing with the with the New York Rangers. Uh, and, of course, uh, the, the Dubois trade uh, with Gabriel Velarde, Alex Iofalo, um, Rasmus Kupari, and, and, and the pick coming uh, next year coming back, uh, coming back to Winnipeg. And he, and he asked me, is it worth Winnipeg's time to try and convince Shifley and, and, and Hellebuck to stay and to sign long-term with the organization, right? And this isn't an easy situation right now for, for I, I, I think, any team. And when you have a player like Shifley, who's a 42-goal scorer last year, and you have a three-time Vesna nominee, one-time Vesna winner in Connor Hellebuck, if they're going to be hitting the market and you're going to get value back, you're going to have to get good value back. You're not just going to trade them and say, all right, we'll take a third-round pick and a roster player and, and, and we'll move on. What makes this so much more complicated as well uh, is the situation around the salary cap. So, and, and the question, is it worth it to try to convince Shifley and Hellebuck to stay? I says, given the situation and the reality of the, of the market and the current environment in the National Hockey League with the cap and all that sort of thing, I, I, I think the answer right now is absolutely yes. I don't think there's anything to lose in revisiting uh, the Shifley camp or the Hellebuck camp and saying, okay, these are the changes that have also happened now with the organization. How do you feel now? You, you, you've had um, so much time now, you know, a month and a half to, to kind of digest everything. How do you feel now, given uh, after the sort of the pain of being bounced out of the out of the series against Las Vegas and, of course, in the fashion that they did? And, of course, everybody was watching Game 5. It's been, it's like beating a dead horse. Uh, but it is what it is. And then I think you bring in somebody like Vladimir Tarasenko. And this is an ongoing this is an ongoing storyline right now in the National Hockey League. Probably the most interesting and maybe even the most bizarre. Uh, when you look at the market for a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko, right? And, and we had Larry Brooks, of course, Brooksy uh, with the New York Post, infamous uh, hockey reporter, uh, longtime hockey reporter, uh, putting out this tweet. I have learned that Tarasenko had multiple offers from clubs ranging from contenders to rebuilds in the $5.5 to $6 million uh, per year sort of category at varying lengths. Um, he rejected all of them at that price point. Uh, Carolina was one of them and then went on to fire his agent. Uh, kind of strange. Um, had wanted to remain with the Rangers, but there simply was no cap space. That one from Larry Brooks. Now, Greg Wyshynski, again, longtime hockey uh, reporter, uh, tweeted this out. 
recently. News has previously reported CAA agents J.P. Barry and, and Pat Brisson, of course, uh, famously as well, the agent of uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, took on Vladimir Tarasenko as a client a few years ago, a few days ago, I should say. Uh, they're working hard on a landing spot for the ex-New York Ranger and St. Louis Blue. Uh, Brisson told ESPN Today, uh, we've been evaluating the market based on what we have in front of us. We've had conversations with Vladimir and his wife. Uh, this isn't something we're rushing into. We're making sure that we're educating ourselves and them, and we're going to hopefully make a decision in the near future. Now, Vladimir Tarasenko was on a contract for seven and a half, seven and a half million dollars. Um, it would be very, very uh, odd. Uh, it would be very, very odd. I mean, I mean, it would be completely something that uh, he has no interest in. Of course, taking a, a a cap hit like that, taking a hit in the money category like that, and you know, obviously firing his agent, um, upset about the about the entire situation. Uh, but this is the market right now. This is the environment for players like Tarasenko, and and, and if you look at the at the analytics. And, of course, you look at Mark Shifley, and we'll use him as, him as an example. Um, there's some similarities there. Of course, there's, there's differences. Shifley actually analytically uh, better than Tarasenko, as well as looking at other aspects, the fact that he's a center, 42-goal uh, scorer um, this past season. It, it's just an indication of where these teams are, right? And it might be better to wait, be patient, and snag a similar trade. I mean, Tarasenko was traded to the New York Rangers in this past year uh, by the St. Louis Blues on Thursday. St. Louis, of course, receiving uh, forward Sammy Blay, defenseman, uh, defenseman and prospect Hunter Skinner, a conditional first-round pick in the 2023 NHL draft and a fourth-round pick in 2024 in the NHL draft there. So I think there's more opportunities. There's other things that, that need to be looked into here. But it's just another indication that like a dollar-for-dollar dollar trade, or if, if you're a fan and you're anticipating... Uh, a return like the Winnipeg Jets got for for Pierre Luc Dubois, uh, that's that's just not going to be uh, that's just not going to be realistic here. I got some text messages. Doug text the show two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Nothing to lose. Convincing Shifley to stay equals less fans in the stands. I'm not so sure about that, Doug. Um, but uh, I mean, do both players need a, a a place to go? A new landing spot? I don't know. This texter says, does 55 actually want out? Uh, see, that's a, that's a very, very interesting, uh, a very, very interesting question because it has been very, very quiet on that front. We have not heard anything from, from Mark Shifley or his camp. Uh, we know that what um, general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, Kevin Chivaldayoff, said when he spoke, and he spoke to the media and told the media this, uh, when they met uh, during the combine in Buffalo, uh, which happened before the draft, uh, Mark Shifley was saying that they were up for anything, right? The trade, re-signing, the, there's nothing being taken off the table. And so uh, I think that's the latest that we know about that situation. So does 55 want out? I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm not so, so sure. Um, uh, Lee says this. There's a question here. Uh, is Patrice Bergeron going to retire? Well, I, I can't answer any questions for Patrice Bergeron. Uh, but what I can tell you is um, I, him not coming back to the Bruins, I think, opens up uh, a very, very, very big hole. 
right in the lineup. And that, and, and that's what the, the thing too as well with Hellebuck and Shifley. I mean, them not being on the team opens up a real, real big hole, right? And if you're not getting value or what you think, I mean, and that's kind of part of the, the whole entire dance here, right? Um, it's, it's like, listen, that's what Kevin Shevelioff is telling the league. Like, we're, we'll take a step back, and we'll, we'll be willing to bring these guys, uh, we'll, be, we'll be willing to bring these guys back. Uh, we're going to run a little bit of an uh, audible here, uh, because my guest has to be uh, on the run at just before 1 o'clock. So we'll bring uh, Rutger McGrody onto the show uh, right now. Uh, Rutger, how's it going? We haven't because we don't have a break in between. I'm Cam. Very very nice to meet you. How's it sounding in your headphones? Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, cool. So I mean, you've been here for a, for a couple of days. What's going on, man? How are things rolling? It's been good. Yeah, Loving life. Got a couple skates <laughs> under my belt. A couple yeah. of workouts. Uh, a couple of the boys have gone downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, hung out. Getting to know the area, getting yeah. to know the guys. It's been a lot of fun. So, uh, three day, like biggest takeaways so far. Um, I would say the main thing for me is like, uh, like how humble of a beginning like the Winnipeg Jets actually are. Like it's mm-hmm. like, uh, like the ownership group. Like everybody is just so like down to earth, great people, yeah. and like uh, how hard they've worked to get here. And um, so that's that's a big part. And then uh, second thing is definitely the community. I mean. Yeah. They love their Jets, and uh, it's awesome. It's good to see. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah. And I'm, then the third one, I would say, like, we got to I, – I, like, our our young guys, like, we, we got a bright future ahead of mm-hmm. us. I mean, uh, we got a bunch of really good players, and I'm excited. Yeah, for sure, dude. I mean, uh, running around, I mean, what else have you seen in the city so far other than here? I mean, you've been spending a lot of time here, but uh, do they got you doing any field trips? Or I know you went to Canada Life Center, but anything like that? Uh, yeah, uh, we went to, uh, camp, uh, how do you, Manitou? How do you, yeah, Manitou, yeah, yeah. Camp Manitou, uh, we're going, honestly, we've just kind of walked around, like, getting mm-hmm. to know, like, uh, you can't force it too much, like, you just gotta walk around, get to know places, yeah. like, see how it's going, um, and kind of learn, learn, like, by yourself with a couple of guys, so, yeah, it's been really fun. That's great, you know, and, and, you know, born in Nebraska, and that's where you spend most of, is that where you grew up? Uh, yeah, I grew up in Lincoln, born mm-hmm. in Omaha. And then when I was 10, I moved to Michigan yeah. uh, to play youth hockey there. And then I'd move back to Lincoln for the summers. Did you get any heat for uh, from some Cornhuskers fans or anything like that? Big 10? I mean, I know you're a Wolverine now. Uh, Nobody says anything to you? No, honestly, like all the Nebraska people, like it's it's honestly a lot like here. Like everybody's just so nice and happy yeah. for you. And everybody's friends. Everybody's close. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely like a couple chirps here and there, but <laughs> nothing, nothing crazy. They're all happy. A bunch of people have came up and watched me play at Yoast, uh, for Michigan. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's a great community down there. Yeah. I, Winnipeg is kind of an extension of the, uh, of the Midwest. Yeah. It's yeah, kind totally. of, it, it's, totally. it's the, it's sort of the tip. I always think of yeah. it like that because I've, uh, my mom's best friend is down in Minnesota. I'm yeah. going to head down there in a couple of weeks too. And, uh, I don't know. I always feel like there's like kinship. Yeah, amongst Manitobans and, and Midwestern, you yeah, know what I mean. There's awesome. a lot of similarities. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and you you mentioned like the humble beginnings, like uh, how the Winnipeg Jets came back, how they left, um, and you know Mark Chipman and the whole story and and stuff like that about you know having to keep quiet and all that stuff and uh, working behind the scenes and I mean that, that's that's interesting and uh, what 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 advice is is really resonated with you? Like, did you hear something that's kind of stuck with you? And it's something you're like, man, dude, I get that. That's that's something I'm going to hold on to. Um, I would say there's not one thing like in particular. Um, I would just say 
like the big thing for this week is like the relationships. I'm yeah. sure you've seen the video of uh, Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy yeah. Roy uh, talking about that. Getting to know the community, getting to know the area, getting to know mm-hmm. your future teammates, uh, getting to know the ice even because yeah. we're going to be skating here all the time. Uh, I would say just getting to know everything about this place. It's yeah. it's really cool, and uh, I've, yeah, I've, I've honestly enjoyed every second of it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, no. Uh, it is a br- I mean, there's been a huge amount of excitement around this group of guys because yeah. you guys are representing um, sort of the next generation of, of, of Winnipeg Jets. I mean – I mean, and you see now the community has responded to you, dude. I mean, you, you've you've done a great job so far. I mean, I mean, how excited does that make you? Uh it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, just to see the fans, like, I mean, coming out watching and watching a dev camp, like they don't have to do that. Like, it <laughs> kind of ties back to what yeah. I was saying about how much they care about this mm-hmm. organization and uh, everything. Everything about. I mean, it's just awesome. Uh, yeah. I said earlier, like, just whatever the community needs. If uh, if it's signing autographs, taking pictures, or whatever it is, I mean, it's just it's really cool and uh, it's a blast. Yeah, uh, we'll start from getting to know you a little bit. I mean, you grew up in in Lincoln, Nebraska. Your dad was a coach, right? He's yep. from Toronto. Yeah. Um, I mean, your parents. Tell tell me tell me about them. Um, my mom my mom runs the house. That's for sure. Uh, she, <laughs> she's yeah. uh, make sure we're all we all stay in line. Yeah. Uh, she's unbelievable. I mean, she's helped me with uh, so much. I mean, she. Obviously, like she never played hockey, she never. But mm-hmm. like she's she has such a strong work ethic, such a hard work ethic, and uh, she's she's unbelievable. Like I, there's no chance I would be here today without her and uh, all the meals she's cooked for me. All the what was the best? What's like what's like the your favorite thing that she makes? My favorite thing. Uh, there's a couple things. Yeah. She makes uh, a really good acai bowl in the morning, um, <laughs> and then lunch. Uh, she makes couscous chicken. Her specialty is her veggies. She, okay. Like her veggies, she has it down pat. She has like this like. She's secret. making sure that you take she's, care of your nutrition too. She's got too, this eh? like secret little recipe. I have no idea what she puts on it. I just, I text her once I get out of workout. I'm like, hey, mom, can you make me some food? And, yep, no problem. And it's always the best. It's the first thing down the hatch is, is the veggies for sure. Um, she Her famous is probably like. Couscous, chicken, and veggies. Oh, that's yeah. awesome! Um, and your dad? Uh, my dad. He's <clears throat> he's also exact same as my mom. Like, yeah. Uh, just a super hardworking guy. Uh, unbelievable. He's a great hockey mind. He's definitely helped me. Uh, a lo- like my mom, as she helped me with like the work ethic side of things. Mm-hmm. Like my dad was, is a really ho- great hockey brain, and uh, he's taught me so much stuff about the game. And like, like just like my mom, like there's no chance I'd be here today without him. And uh, he's the GM in the Muskegon Lumberjacks. He uh, works in Michigan for some youth teams, mm-hmm. scouts, does this. That, uh, he just loves the game, and it's really cool to see. When you heading back to Michigan? Uh, like, when am I heading back to? Yeah. Uh, right after this, yeah. right after Dev Camp. What, what are you getting up to in the offseason? I mean, obviously working out, skating a lot. Anything else? Uh, honestly, like, I picked up a big, like, hobby of rollerblading. I don't know. Like, it kind of, <laughs> like... I played roller hockey when I was, like, 12 yeah. years old. Um, and then now I kind of just throw on the wheels, sometimes call a couple buddies, sometimes just buzz around by myself. It's good. Get some vitamin D. Get some, like, it's <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, no, for sure. Hey, you got to watch that vitamin D. That's yeah. for sure. Uh, dude, hey, you're, you're, you're doing absolutely great. Lots of people. I've been hearing nothing but people excited about uh, about seeing you out in the community and, and, and seeing you eventually on the ice. And, hey, have a great season with the Wolverines this year. I know everyone's going to be paying attention and, and watching you and stuff like that. So, Rutgers, great to meet you, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, you take yeah. care. It was Absol- great talking to Absolutely. you. Absolutely.